today on Lawyers Rising. That part of the story of how much work and how many times you failed and had to get back on the horse and try again um, is not as widely reported. How any attorney can become a partner or start a successful business and retire whenever they want. Hello and welcome. I'm joined today by two members of the BCG Attorney Search Team. Bree Mills is Recruiting Manager and Harrison Barnes is the Founder and Chief Executive. Hello to you all. Good morning. Good morning. All right, so we're going to talk about trying to succeed, the best ways to succeed in your career. Uh, the title of the article that we're referencing is how any attorney can get $100 plus million plus books of business, uh, become a partner in a major law firm, start a successful business, and retire whenever they want. Well, that sounds great. Um, let's kind of dive right into this by asking what the the two main points that you really wanted to emphasize with this article, and I'll start with you, Harrison. Um, the first being that you really want to surround yourself with the right people. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, anytime you want to achieve something, uh, regardless of what it is, I mean, it's important that you, you know, you find people that have similar goals and that are going to, you know, push you to do well. And, you know, one of the reasons I think, and a lot of times people don't really understand the reasons why, but I think one of the reasons why people try so hard to get into, you know, the work for the best employers or get into the best schools and that sort of thing is because, you know, by being around uh, other, you know, successful people, you're going to develop the habits and, and methods of operating that they have. And in the legal environment, I mean, there's just a, you know, a major difference between kind of the way work's done in the best law firms and the way it's done in even, you know, average law firms and poor law firms. It's the quality of the, of the work and the, you know, the expectations and the type of clients that work's being done on in behalf of. And, but it's the same thing in your, you know, regardless of what you do, I mean, you need to push yourself to, you know, surround yourself with the best people. And, uh, and, and that really is, is kind of the key, I think, of, of, you know, whatever level of success you want for yourself is to make sure you're always going to be around the best people. And then the next point, of course, is, uh, you know, once you learn the habits and ways of operating and things uh, that the best people will, will, will show you, then, um, you know, then you need to actually take action and, and do those things. And so, you know, that's really the, the second big difference is, you know, what, learning things and then and, and taking the action, because a lot of people know the rules and what they need to do to be successful. But, uh, you know, very few people are willing to, you know, commit and, and you know, put their foot down and, and for the long term, you know, do the things that are going to you know, result in, in them getting the results that they really want. Yeah, I'd like to focus on that first point for a moment about surrounding yourselves, uh, surrounding yourself with people that are succeeding and that have succeeded at whatever discipline that they have uh, tried to to master over their lifetimes. This is uh, maybe a simple bit of advice on the face of it, but Bree, I wonder if you have any personal experience at this in your own life, in your own career, about how being around successful people in turn made you successful, you know, kind of learning the habits of, of successful people. Did you find that in your own career? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, anytime you go to a place where people are succeeding at the highest level, you do automatically kind of take note of what their habits are. And I did actually remember working with with some partners um, who really did kind of take me under their wing and sort of show me how they think, how they how they work, how they try to get things done. So, uh, you know, I think if if you kind of open your eyes and ears, you really 
will start to gravitate towards the people that are successful. And a lot of times those people are very willing to kind of bring you into the fold and, and help you understand like the way that they think about things. And you just start to see their habits. You know, they're people that like get up early and are committed to it and, and, and work hard and come to the, you know, come to the office sort of ready to fire on all cylinders. Uh, you know, you just, you can learn a lot from just sort of observing. Harrison, do you have any, um, explanations or uh, or anecdotes from your own life about surrounding yourself with people that were successful that maybe have added to your own success in, in your career? Well, I've just, you know, been kind of amazed because there's this um, area I grew up in and, you know, it's, uh, in, in it's uh, you know, in Michigan and it's called Gross Point. It's a pretty big city. I mean, it's like probably 25,000 people or something. But, you know, I remember, um, and, you know, there's two public high schools there. And, uh, you know, and it was interesting to me because I, this, you know, the, and that's, you know, where most of the kids I know went to school. And, you know, when I was older, when I graduated from college, I met a guy that had gone to that public high school and he'd gone to, um, he'd ended up going to Yale uh, for college and playing football there. And he told me he was the first person, you know, from um, that public high school, which, you know, probably has, you know, four or 500 kids graduating per year to go to Yale, um, you know, as, as far as the school ever knew, you know, which to me seemed just absolutely crazy because where I went to school um, for high school, I went to a different high school, like, you know, a couple of kids in my class probably went there every year. And, and so what was amazing to me was, you know, just the, you know, when I, when I thought back on that example was the, the culture of that high school, because I'd gone to it for a short time before moving overseas was very, uh, you know, people were concerned with having fun and doing all sorts of things. And it wasn't a very, uh, you know, fluent area. But at the same time, you know, I think that the the thought processes and, and the way that people operated were just so much different from where I went. And so, I, you know, I think that, you know, the, the people that you're around really do have a major impact on what happens to you in terms of your, your level of success and, and the things that happen. And uh, and I was invited to meet this guy that he'd, he'd had this... Uh, huge real estate company where, you know, he'd all, all these things where he'd go around the country training people on how to invest in real estate. And, and he retired from that and, and spent, you know, I don't know, one or two years like traveling around the world, like talking to uh, different people from different religions. And, and, and that was kind of his conclusion that, you know, your, your whole life is kind of a lot of times will be uh, geared based on the people that you spend your time with. And, you know, and I, and I think that's so important because, you know, if you, you know, when you're around people that are, you know, depressed, like you, you, you know, you pick up on that. And when you're around people that are very confident and, uh, you know, have a lot of, you know, belief in their self, like you can pick up on, on that and you feel the same way. And, um, you know, and so the, the, the people that you spend your time with, I mean, really do have a major impact on, on what makes you successful. And, you know, I, I know people that, you know, have made, you know, where I live in Malibu that have made just hundreds of millions of dollars. And, 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 you know, and a lot of times they don't really work very hard. I mean, they do, you know, in, in one case, I know of one person, I mean, she's almost a billionaire and she's only like 25 and, um, and she lives over the hill, but I mean, and she's basically with a makeup line and, you know, so you, um, you know, you can, you can people like that are around others that have different sort of ideas that are really good can, can really rub off on you. And, um, and a lot of times it's it's not working the hardest. It's just being exposed to ideas and ways of thinking about things and other people that have that are very, very successful can can tell you things that can really 
um, you know, in terms of your way of thinking can really change your life. You know, as Harrison was speaking, it really reminded me of sort of, of my dad, because the idea of, of talking to people and getting different ideas and being surrounded by people who have innovative, unique ideas, part of being successful. And my dad was kind of always worked for himself and as an entrepreneur and made amassed a great wealth for himself over time, just without any real traditional um, path, because he always, every time we went on a family vacation, you know, we'd find my dad sitting there talking to some random person and he would just want to know what that person does and how, you know, get the whole kind of backstory. And that is how he made different things happen in his life. Like he just opened himself up to talking to people, to having those interactions. And he would almost always come away with a phone number and follow up and call them and, and get things done. So he really was able to have a super fascinating career because he was open to ideas and, and found those people and sought them out. Um, because once you start kind of opening yourself up to that way of being, I think you really do. It's it just sort of snowballs, and you just those people, those people who are kind of moving and shaking and, and talking to people and, and out there in the world and wanting to be involved. That's where stuff's happening. Um, and so, kind of finding those people and surrounding yourself and kind of going along for the ride is, I, I definitely think is is a way a, a way to find success. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I think when you um, add to that the, the the personal element of the people that you surround yourself, your peers, your friends, when you're growing up, when you're in school, it's hugely important to try and, and build a certain way of looking at the world. And so too, when you go out in your professional career, trying to find um, either be at firms or, uh, in my case, uh, different kinds of media organizations to work in, and, and trying to trying to go to the best, trying to find the best, trying to work around the best, and learn from them. Sometimes easier said than done. But I wonder if you can talk about that element of trying to to reach for the top, to try and find the very best places that you can work with the most successful people and and learn from them. Um, because there's this that personal element, but there's also that professional element as well. Yeah, I mean, I think well, one of the things is uh, you know people are always uh, you know trying to work for the the largest law firm or the you know the or the most the, you know the most important law firm. And a lot of times, you know, you can get uh, just as good of experience if you work for someone you know, that's a very successful solo practitioner has a very successful, uh, you know, small law firm. And, uh, and even if you, uh, you know, you can't work for those type of people, uh, you know, you can sometimes network with them and meet them other places and ask some questions. And it's not, you know, I think like uh, Brie was saying with her father, like one of the things is, is that, you know, people love, you know, ask being asked for help and people love, uh, you know, um, um, you know, feeling, um, you know, like, like a big deal and like they're important and they have something to offer. And, uh, and I think that, um, you know, more than anything, I think when people are able to be selfless like that, a lot of times will help them, um, more than, you know, than being, uh, you know, someone that's on kind of the taking end or always trying to get stuff. So people do like, um, giving advice and, uh, even the most successful attorneys, but, you know, really the most, the, the, the best thing you can do is, you know, to try to surround yourself with people that are the the best at whatever it is you want to do. And, um, and because you need to pick up their way of thinking and their way of uh, going after problems and their way of doing things. And, um, and, and that really is the, the most successful people out there. I think with, with very few exceptions, uh, were able to, um, learn from others that were more successful and put themselves in a situation where, um, they were more successful. And in the recruiting business, one thing that I've noticed is, uh, you know, we every uh, month I schedule uh, calls with all of our recruiters. And 
and, and the ones that consistently show up to those calls uh, tend to be the ones that do the absolute best of the business uh, because they're open to learning and, and taking suggestions and criticism. And the ones that don't show up to those calls and skip them and so forth tend not to do, tend to be the ones that don't do the best. And it's not that I have anything special to teach, but I have been doing this for over 20 years. So, I mean, I have the ability to see when people are making mistakes or when they're thinking about things wrong. And I think a lot of people are so, you know, egocentric that they're afraid to, you know, learn from others or they, or they think that they, um, you know, know everything. And I, and I'm, I can think of one example of someone that, uh, you know, I worked with here, not, you know, in the, in the past. And, uh, and it was someone that, you know, every time I would tell them something, they would say they knew it or they knew and they knew and they knew. And that person was always, you know, concerned about making a really good living and, um, and, and never really could, um, you know, make placements because they, they couldn't hear. They just, everything was so much about them that when you gave them advice, like they couldn't listen to it. And they, they felt like they had to be in this position where they, where they knew everything and where they were powerful and so forth. And, um, and, and, and they did the same thing with their candidates and they just never really reached the, the level of success that they could have. And, and, and then they, they ended up actually leaving and going to work in a position, um, in a law firm where, you know, they review resumes now, but, um, and, and, you know, and so the, I think the, the lesson is, is that, you know, when you open yourself up and, and learn from other people, you, you become much better at things. And, um, it's important. Well, let's talk about the things that you should be learning from those people. You referenced a few things there, Harrison, including uh, being attentive and, and Bree mentioned kind of opening yourself up to uh, other ways of looking at the world and talking to other successful people. But can we expand on that a little bit? What are the lessons that you think uh, the most successful people in the world have to to impart to us? Well, I think the the, the most successful people will typically have gone through a, a process of trial and error to get wherever they are. And um, you know, one example would be, uh, you know, in, in the in the legal world, uh, you know, attorneys that have become partner in large law firms or have, have generated like large books of business. And so, you know, one of the most important things inside of a law firm, of course, is, is having a lot of business. And um, and a lot of times, uh, you know, younger attorneys or attorneys without business will look at attorneys with business and they'll think, well, you know, it's just so easy for them and so forth. But they don't necessarily realize that the way to get business is to constantly be out there uh, networking and, um, you know, talking to people. And um, in addition, um, you know, cold calling in a lot of cases and doing those sorts of things. So every every profession has a, um, you know, certain things that people that are the most successful do. Um, you know, it's not, you know, it could be, you know, it's not just getting in early, but it's it's following through on things. It's, it's a level of commitment. It's a uh, you know, being able to focus and, and shut people out um, and and think, you know, it's everything has, uh, you know, rules to it. And so anybody that becomes very, very successful at something, uh, you know, there's typically reasons for it. So I think that, uh, you know, another thing, too, is, you know, you want to study success. And, you know, most very successful people have also, you know, spent a lot of they spend a lot of time doing things like reading biographies and uh, you know, and, and studying other people that have, have, have reached a, a real high um, plateau and something. And then the other thing that they do is they, they typically don't give up. Like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll make mistakes and then they'll learn from their mistakes and then they'll go and they'll um, continue, you know, doing things again and again and again. And 
one thing that that was was really hard for me like i I actually, when I was young, I started this, I mean, it's just crazy, but I started this uh, asphalt business and, um, and there were so many problems like with the business, like, you know, like things would break down, it would rain, um, you know, there would be accidents, there would be injuries, like, you know, people would quit. And it was, it was just like an incredible learning experience because when I started out, I was, I was making all these mistakes and, you know, and I would look up to people that were very successful in the business and, and try to get advice and so forth. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, being successful, like, you know, and I did it for maybe 10 years. And, you know, when I, when I first started doing it, like, you know, I, I was lucky to, you know, make, you know, you know, back then this, we're talking, you know, over 30 years ago, but, you know, um, I was lucky to make $500 a day. And then when I got older, uh, you know, in the business and I've been doing it for a while, like I wouldn't, you know, everything was running so smoothly that I typically wouldn't even, you know, we wouldn't even go out in a job unless there was, you know, we we're going to make over $5,000 a day. So, you know, and cause things were just running so smoothly. So, you know, the longer you do something and the more you commit to it, uh, you know, the much better you're going to be. And uh, very few people are willing to commit and learn from all the mistakes, you know, whether it's, you know, with exercise, like people will start exercising and they'll stop or they'll, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll try to, uh, you know, generate business, but then they'll stop. And so the whole, the most important thing really is showing up and just continually committing, you know, once you know the rules of something, you know, it's doing it. So, you know, you can certainly take a class about how to, you know, do something like lose weight or become a better writer or, um, you know, a fitness class or, or whatever it is. But the thing is, is very few people follow through. And so, you know, the follow through, I think, is one of the most important things. It's not about, um, you know, just taking action. I mean, it's, you know, and then stopping. It's about uh, continually following through. And one of the things is, is that, you know, most people are dabblers. So, you know, what a dabbler is, is, you know, someone will decide they want to learn tennis. And so maybe they'll take four or five tennis lessons and then, and then they'll just kind of lose interest and they'll stop. And what happens typically is, you know, if you, if you take like 10 tennis lessons, you're going to get much better, uh, very quickly. And so you'll get to like, you know, maybe after 10 lessons, you know, if you haven't played in a while or you, you know, you know, some tennis, you'll be at like, you know, maybe 70% of what you're capable of, but, you know, but then after, if you, if you were to keep going and you took, you know, another, another five lessons, you might only be at like, you know, 72% of what you're capable of or 71% because, you know, real progress, like when you go from like, you know, 70 to hundred percent is going to take a lot longer. And so people, a lot of people are, you know, really want that kind of instant kick from doing, getting better at something. And instead of like, you know, becoming uh, committed and, and learning and, and better and better and better at something, you know, then you, um, you know, you, you, people give up and, you know, it's like that with recruiting. Like when I first started recruiting, uh, you know, uh, and most recruiters start recruiting, like they're lucky to make one placement per month uh, or even one placement every, you know, six to eight weeks. But, you know, if someone commits to it and they, they, they really, you know, and they learn the lessons and, and they get good at it, then, you know, then they'll start making, you know, three placements per month. And, you know, so they're three times as effective with the same amount of time, but they're doing follow through and they're not getting distracted and they're learning and, and there's just gradual improvement. And then that kind of becomes their baseline. So I think it's important that, you know, you commit to things and, and you realize that, you know, after an initial, you know, kind of bump of doing well at something, there's going to be a little blip where, 
um, you know, where it's going to take a long time for the real improvement to come. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important lessons anyone can learn, especially when they're very early in their career, is that if this is going to take a while, that you're not going to, you know, just soar to the very top. And this is especially true when you're a younger person. I think that's what you think is should happen. You know, within three years, you should be at the very top of your field. That's not how it works. Uh, you got to keep your ego in check. You got to keep your head down. And as you say, be very methodical about it. Be prepared for, for the long march here. Uh, and just put the um, the steps in place that you're going to really succeed as you go forward. Because I think if you get too um, kind of too egocentric, too obsessed with success very quickly, you're just going to burn yourself out. You're going to become frustrated, and you're probably just going to walk away. Right. And I think if there's anything that you know you get from the lesson of uh, you know people that commit to something over the long term, uh, you know, it's that uh, you know that it works. You know that um, they're still there and it works and uh, you know they have rules and things that they follow that make them successful but it works and i think it's important to sort of avoid some complacency with some people who are in a certain career path um, it can be very easy for things to become rote and repetitive um, but you have to understand that you can keep learning and growing i mean i just am thinking about like bill gates um, watched a documentary about Bill Gates, and he is the probably the most avid reader I have ever even heard about. And he reads, I mean, he's he's a genius, but and he's reading these books at an incredible high rate of speed with a super high rate of uh, comprehension and retention. But he, you know, he did not just sort of put himself into in a one track thing. I mean, he's got this the Gates Foundation, and he's solving the world's problems because he just keeps on learning and did not kind of get in a rut and just stay, you know, on on one, one sort of path. I mean, on a much smaller scale, I think that can happen with people in their jobs. If, um, you know, I think like Harrison's saying, like recruiting in and of itself can be something that, okay, I can just do the same thing day in, day out and, and kind of putter along and make do. But you could also start peeling back layers and going deeper and deeper and getting more and more expert at something. And, you know, if that is what's going to drive you, it's really going to pay off in a big way. Yeah. And I think something that Bree said also is interesting. I mean, with Bill Gates, I mean, even Bill Gates, uh, you know, I mean, anytime you're, you're doing something and you're, you're really getting good at something, I mean, people will try to knock you off your path. And he had, you know, got got very consumed for a long period of his life with all these antitrust lawsuits and so forth that were coming at him and, um, you know, and, and, and really distracted from work. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you just bad things will happen and, and, you know, attorneys, you know, will get fired or they'll, you know, have problems or, you know, things can go wrong. But, you know, the idea of just, you know, not, not giving up and continuing and getting better and better um, is, is really important. So the, the thing that I like about this conversation and, and the article that it's based on is that it's not sexy. It's not uh, quick and easy. And we live in a society that is so obsessed with quick and easy solutions, you know, uh, 10 tips to become rich, the quickest and easiest route to success. And I mean, maybe there are some of those out there, but given the the glut of such books on the market, um, I think it reveals that um, if it were that easy, everyone would be doing it. it the, the truth of the matter is it's not sexy. You just have to show up every day put your head down and do the right things in the correct order. And, and, it'll, and if you do that for you know a decade or two, you're going to get to where you want to go. Why do you think we're so immune to that very obvious and very basic advice? Why are we always so desperate for, as Bree mentioned, life hacks um, or buying the, the quick and easy solution instead of, um, instead of the, the more obvious answer to the question? 
It's easier, Danny. <laughs> it is so much easier. <laughs> it's, it's easy to believe that there's an easy path. I mean, everybody wants to to think that. And I think, um, I think kind of what we talked about on our, on our last podcast, a little bit of like the social media, um, social proof of like, oh, look at all these people just making an excessive amount of money do, doing seemingly nothing. You know, it starts to become this this very alluring possibility um, and, and people are kind of willing to, to, um, <clears throat> to fool themselves into thinking that that can be how easy it is. Well, and I think just a lot of times people don't want to do the work. I mean, they don't, you know, they don't, they don't want to do the work and what it requires to, um, you know, to, to, to actually be really good at something and they don't want the rejection, you know, they, you know, it, there's a lot of rejection that anybody's going to get on the way to being successful at something. So, but, you know, the work is a whole different matter. I mean, you have to really, um, you know, commit to something and you have to do it a lot of times without knowing if you're going to be successful, um, you know, and, and I think that that's difficult. And I think that there is this, uh, you know, whole culture of people, you know, finding out that other people did things very quickly and were able to be successful, um, you know, um, you know, without um, a lot of work. And I think the other thing I would say is, I mean, I think that there's a lot of dishonest people out there that will cut corners and, uh, you know, try to get things without putting in the work. And I think that's a problem too. I was going to say, and I think it, it might be well known, but I feel like sometimes, almost always when I hear about a successful company, uh, you know, what you don't hear about is like the four things that came before that that weren't successful. Um, and that part of the story seems to get lost a little bit more. And I've had to kind of dig a little bit more for it. I mean, it's sometimes reported, it's sometimes not, but I do think, you know, you, you're only seeing the success and uh, that part of the story of how much work and how many times you failed and had to get back on the horse and try again um, is not as widely reported uh, because it's not it's not the sexy part it's not the fun part it's more like oh look at this this dynamo that came out and came from nowhere and made this great thing well yeah after a lot of hard work and time and trying things again and again yes like that, that, that's what happened and I think there's this you know one of the things too that's interesting to me is like um, you know with um, you know a lot of times people that you know, are, are in positions where they've never had to put in the hard work or they're always looking for shortcuts and it's just, they do it with everything. You know, even I can think of this one guy that I know that didn't go to um, college or anything or even graduate from high school. And, um, and, you know, and, and he got uh, cancer and he, and he, um, instead of listening to doctors and everything, he, he figured out that he would solve it himself and he just, all these alternative things. And it ended up hastening his death, you know, because he was, trying, trying to do things that, you know, weren't the work, like instead of doing the chemotherapy, he thought he could eat broccoli, you know, and nothing but greens. And that would, that would cure him of this horrible bone cancer. Um, you know, so I think the people, you know, a lot of times will believe that, you know, not doing the work, you know, you don't, you can cut corners and not do the work. And, and maybe that gives them a sense of, um, significance. I don't know. Like Theranos. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Another great documentary about uh, kind of the the opposite of what we were talking about. And actually, that segues nicely, Bree, to what I kind of wanted to ask about trying to find good information. Um, as we just mentioned, there's this huge glut in the marketplace of books and seminars and uh, people trying to tell you um, there are simple tricks to become rich or successful in whatever discipline they're talking about. You know, I even know this in my own business, running this podcast and YouTube production company. I have had clients or that have come to me and they want me to help produce their stuff about becoming a great Amazon seller or building your eBay business. And then I'll ask them, well, what's your own experience in this? And they have 
very little experience in doing what they're, but, but they're going to try and tell other people about how to be successful. This is very common. I, I, if I find out there are people that aren't successful in some discipline, but then try and sell other people about how they can be successful. It's like, if you, if you, if you failed in one discipline, you'll just um, pretend that you were successful and, and try and sell up a, a seminar or a book or something to somebody else. So there's this, it's just replete out there with this kind of bad information that people are often preyed upon, often desperate people are kind of preyed upon um, and given bad information. So I think I can, can kind of discern and, and, and between the kind of, the shysters and, and the con men out there, but um, but maybe not always. What, do you have any thoughts on this about how to make your way through the bad information in order to try and find the good? I think that's a great point. I mean, that you brought. I'm just I'm just thinking about it because I used to be in the um, to some you know the self improvement industry, and and there's all these speaker circuits where all these speakers go around and they they have all these you know great ideas and 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 they sell and they basically sell courses to people and. But the thing is, is when you look at these people, that's their only source of income is selling these courses, telling other people how to do things. But it's never about, um, but in their own lives, they're never doing the work. I mean, that's that, that's actually an interesting point that I never thought of is they're just, they're just selling people ideas about how to do things and then they don't actually do the work. And if they were doing the work in, in, the, in the businesses or whatever, that the ideas that they were selling were so great, then they wouldn't have to sell the ideas themselves. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very meta thing. It's like the, their only success is teaching other people how to be successful. It's like there's no actual there there. But they're not successful themselves, and 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 only thing they're successful at is selling the idea about how to. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you were you know incredibly successful at building some sort of Amazon business and making a hundred million dollars a year, why would you be selling a three hundred ninety five dollars seminar? Like, I mean, it's it's kind of a bit. Maybe that is the lesson right there. It's kind of self-evident. I mean, why if you're, if someone's trying to sell you a real quick, easy, get rich kind of scheme, um, and, and but they themselves haven't obviously gotten rich by doing it. I mean, that should kind of be the lesson right there to try and avoid that. But again, it's it's interesting because there's just so much of it out there, um, and people giving you bad advice, and and maybe again because people are attracted to the, the quick, easy, sexy fix. That's the way that they should do it instead of focusing on, as we said before. Um, the, the long, methodical, keep your head down kind of process that will actually lead to success um, and trying to avoid all the other kind of the noise out there. Yeah. I mean, the whole, there's a, there's a famous book, it's called The Lazy Man's Way to Riches. And, you know, and it's, uh, it used to be sold in the back of Popular Mechanics and all these different places. And, um, and the guy wrote this ad um, about how, you know, anybody could make all this money very, very quickly and all this stuff. And then he put the ad out and then, uh, and then people started buying the book and he hadn't even written the book and didn't know what it was going to be about. So he wrote the book and um, it was basically, the book was about, you know, you have to sell information and then you can make all this money. And so he did make a lot of money selling this book, even though he'd written it like in a week after people started ordering it. That's all the questions I had, guys. Did anybody have any final thoughts before we wrap things up? No, thank you. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Thanks, Danny. That's all the time we have for this edition of Lawyers Rising. My thanks to Bree Mills and Harrison Barnes. If you're an attorney looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com. 